0: welcome back after a bit of a break I would like to discuss we're, we're working our way through the preparations for Shabbos and Hilkha Shabbos again we haven't done it for eleven years so it's definitely worth doing and I want to talk about what really ends up being the most controversial part of Hilkha Shabbos and I think I said this eleven years ago as well and it hasn't changed and that, that's the halakhahs of Amir al Akum. when are you allowed to ask a non Jews to do a malakhah for you, when may you not ask a non jew to do a malakhah for you these are extremely controversial halachas, and I have a little bit of connection with the Hatzalah and uh, I can tell you that they are the most difficult halachas for people to understand and actually get the concepts of what is considered permitted and what is not considered permitted. When are you allowed to ask an Anju? When you are not allowed to ask an Anju? And hopefully we will get some clarity on that. basis, of But before we start that I would just like to pull back a little bit and learn one or two halachas which in the Gemara, in the Mishnah are like sort of an opening part of the Mishnah which discusses the din of talking to asking me and Andrew to do a malachah. And this is the, hal- the, the halachas of doing a malacha on a Friday which will extend into a Shabbos. So, for instance, can I put a pot of food on the, on the fire which will cook on Friday, but it will continue to cook in Shabbos. So I'm doing a malacha on Friday, and the, the continuation of that malachah will run into Shabbos. Now we're not going to talk about cooking, because cooking is a subject in its own. And we will come back to that, Meshachem how to prepare a Shabbos kitchen for Shabbos is, is itself a discussion but there are many other types of lockers that a person can do on a Friday which will extend into Shabbos. So for instance, you have a piece of clothing which needs soaking. It has a stain and you want to soak the stain out so you soak it in the bath on a Friday. Can you leave it in that bath on Shabbos and allow the chemicals to do its work etc. Uh, can you put a fire on on Friday and allow the fire to continue to burn through Shabbos, etc. And the Mishnah discusses a number of scenarios. The Mishnah tells us an a, a argument between Be'eshama and Be'esilel, where the, the Mishnah says, So in the time of Chazal, you used to have to dye your own clothes. So what you would do is you would take a piece of cloth, you had a piece of wool, and you would soak it in a pot of dye, and you had to leave it soaking for a while, 24 hours, 48 hours, depending how, how much of that dye you wanted to, you wanted to be caught on the, on the cloth. So Be'eshama says, you're not allowed to soak the cloth in these chemicals in order to give it a dye (coughs) only if you can actually complete the dyeing process before Shabbos that means the is is of the opinion that if you start a malach on Friday (coughs) and that malach will continue into Shabbos it could be a transgression of Shabbos as well, it's not so simple just to start something on Friday and allow it to go into Shabbos, or for instance the Mishnah talks about spreading a net Now none of this is relevant to us, but we will come across many relevant scenarios. Spreading a net to catch a wild animal or a bird. So I'm leaving the net out on Friday, so I'm not actually doing anything, I'm sitting at home with my feet up on the armchair, doing nothing, but I have set the procedure in place that a malachah can be done on Shabbos, be it not by me, but I did start the action of that malachah on a Friday, B'shamal, that's forbidden, or to open up a what we would call a sprinkler today. The, the, in the time of, of the Mishnah it talks about a pipe, opening up a pipe to let the water run into the, into the yard to water the yard on Shabbos. Opening up a sprinkler. I've done nothing. I just opened up the tap. I allowed the tap to be opened and the sprinkler to start the water process on a Friday, but it's actually watering on a Shabbos. And of course watering on a Shabbos is a Malachah. Dying clothes on a Shabbos is a Malachah. Capturing an animal on a Shabbos is a Malachah. So I didn't actually do the Malachah on a Shabbos. I did it on a Friday So it doesn't matter. That's forbidden. Beisiddel says, no, as long as you didn't actually do the Malacha on a Shabbos, that's okay. You started the Malacha on a Friday, that's fine, as long as you didn't do it on a Shabbos. So we have a very serious Machlechus between Beis Be- Shammai and Beisiddel, and the Gemara and the Shalmi and others explain the Machlechus, and that's not relevant for us at all. Where Beis Shammai and Beisiddel agree is, can I put a wheat into a mill? So you have a mill, and you want to put the wheat in a Friday, and it's a water mill, so you don't have to do anything. All you do is you put the wheat in the mill and the water flows and that causes the mill to turn and it grinds the wheat. Can I do that on a Friday? Can I not do that on a Friday? And here comes along the Gamora and tells us that even Beshamah agreed to that. Though I've put the the wheat in on a Friday and I've done nothing. The mill is grinding the wheat itself. It's doing absolutely nothing. I'm not doing anything. It's grinding itself, says the Bishat Bishaddle. Even there I agree with you. And why does he agree? Because something which is unusual to be set into motion many hours before. It's normally something that you do constantly like milling you will put the grain in and you allow the mill to go, and then you add some more grain and the mill will, will grind it etc. Something like that and it makes a noise so that means it's noticeable to the public that's not allowed to be done on a Friday because the public will walk by and see Mr. So-and-so's mill turning and grinding because you can hear the noise of the mill grinding the wheat and they hear it grinding and they'll turn around and say hey Mr. So-and-so is doing a maloch on Shabbos something which sounds like that could be perceived by the passerby by that this gentleman is doing a malachah on Shabbos that type of malachah despite the fact that you started it on a Friday and you haven't actually done anything on Shabbos you're sitting at home enjoying your children you've done nothing on the Shabbos the absolute absolutely make the noise, there's a sound to it people turn around and say hey, this gentleman is doing a malachah on Shabbos which will therefore bring us to a question, can we put an alarm clock on our Shabbos? Mm-hmm. Can I put an alarm clock on the Shabbos? I'm going to set the time on my alarm, and Shabbos morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, or if you're a woman, 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm being nice. I'm being nice, don't start, okay. <laughs> it was women's day the other day. So, I'm going to set an alarm clock, though an alarm isn't a malachah. The alarm is clearly a malachah, you're not allowed to set an alarm on Shabbos. So why am I allowed to have an alarm going on Shabbos? It's something which I set before Shabbos, but it makes a sound, and the passerby, you know, if you have some alarms, make a lot of noise, and the passerby might hear, and realize the alarm switch is, is gone on, and, hey, you'll say, this gentleman's doing a lot on Shabbos. Why do we allow you to have an alarm on Shabbos? So the answer is, that most people set alarms 24 hours before you. don't set the alarm a few minutes before it goes off. You set the alarm long before. So if I walk by your house, and I hear your alarm going, I don't think... You've set your alarm just now, I think you set your alarm yesterday. So I have no problem with that. Therefore there's no worry about the alarm. <coughs> the the, the, the remark, if I remember right, it talks about grandfather clock, which chimes every hour. There's no problem. It's chiming, it's making a noise, but everybody knows that I didn't set it, I might wind it, but I have to wind it once every 24, once every 36 hours. I wind it before Shabbos. There's no problem with that. The only problem is if it's something which is usually done just prior, it's set just prior to the the noise being made before the, just prior to the malacca being done even though I set it on a timer but at the end of the day it's normal for it to be done just before and it makes a noise then we take on that that's something which is forbidden to be used on Shabbos so for example where would it be relevant to us nowadays for example now I'm going to get into some hot water here because I, you'll probably know more about modern technology than I do but if you let's talk about washing machine I think washing machines still makes noise now you can get modern washing machines which come on a timer you know, in, in, there used to be a time here in England where if you washed your clothes at night, you used electric at night. Maybe it's still like that, I don't know. It used to be cheaper. So used to, the washing machine came, to really, came out with these new, newfangled ideas that you put it on a timer. You can switch the, the time on the washing machine and it will switch on uh, five hours later, 12 o'clock at night, your washing machine goes off and you're fast asleep and you, you've washed your clothes and you've saved yourself some electricity. Can I do that for shoppers? Yeah. I'll put my clothes in on, on, on Friday before Shabbos. I'll set it for an hour before Nacht um, on Shabbos, and I'll have beautifully written my clothes are all done. I can just take them out, put them in the dryer. Why not? What have I done? I've done no malapa. It's happened all on own. So. And I'll ask you even more. I put the washing in my washing machine before Shabbos, an hour before Shabbos. then it's an hour and a half cycle. It's a two hour cycle. And I'm not doing anything. I press the buttons, I shut the door and it just goes. And I'm sitting back reading my, my magazines, reading my Tenorena, whatever, whatever I do on a Friday night. You know what turnaround around is, yeah? <laughs> where, where everyone does Friday night, what have I done wrong? So here the answer is that that would be comparable to grinding a mill, a water mill your week and a water mill on Shabbos. Because the, the normal practice when you put a wash in a washing machine is for the average person to switch on straight away. So if I'm walking by your house and I hear the noise of the washing machine, I'm going to turn around and say, hey, this person has switched on the washing machine on Shabbos. That's optional. That's awesome. So even though i started the melacha on Friday and I continued the melacha into Shabbos, I did nothing. The melacha just naturally continues into Shabbos if it makes a noise, and it's a type of melacha which is normally triggered just as you're doing the melacha. That means that the time of the melacha not set earlier, then that type of melacha is forbidden to be done on Shabbos. So where this becomes really complicated, I think washing machines most people can manage, but dishwashers are a little bit more of a problem. This is uh, something which is, uh, makes a lot of sense, you know. Uh, I put the dishes in and today dishwashers depending on what type of dishwasher you have don't make any noise they, they really are very quiet they are extremely extremely quiet and you have to put your ear to them to know if they are actually working or not working though some of them make a beeping noise at the end when it's finished which may be a problematic when regarding the Absher Musa because if I'm walking by when that beeping noise goes off then I know you've just finished a cycle on your dishwasher so I'm therefore going to turn around and think that you but if not, why can't I set my dishwasher Friday night for Shabbos morning? It'll go off Shabbos morning, it'll have beautifully clean, clean dishes, Shabbos morning. Why not? And that's, that's a difficult one. I actually think dishwashers make a noise. I don't think it's such a thing as a dishwasher does make a noise. And when they say it doesn't make a noise, it really does make a noise. There's always bits and pieces that make a noise. You hear it with the, 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 the tablet dropping out or you, you hear the water. Switch. But the art on and and asking would take on that today's dishwashers, the really modern ones, do not make any noise and therefore there's no problem. But if they do make a the noise, then it is a problem. Exactly how do you define noise? How do you define noise is very difficult. So, that's another thing you have to be careful with. In some of them, some modern appliances, that when you open the door, there's lights that come on and... Well,
1: well, it's it's good. Good. What
0: does that mean? You open the door...
1: Yeah, yeah time, move on, that's 10 minutes.
0: My dishwasher must be a really old fangled one. <laughs> I only bought it two years ago, it can't be that old. Yeah, <laughs> some,
1: some of them, not all of them, some of them have lights. You can
0: check if you look. Not all of them have lights, not all of them have lights. And a lot of them today don't have lights, and a lot of them, I must tell you, if you're talking about modern appliances, ovens have become extremely complex, because today ovens don't have any lights on them. A modern oven does not have a light on it, so if you buy an oven and you want to be able to use it Friday night, nothing wrong, you put your chicken and your kugel and whatever you have and, 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 and your seven dishes in the oven and you want to be able to take them out uh, one at a time. So normally you used to open the oven when, when the thermostat was on, when it was switched on. You don't know when the thermostat switched on today. They're very quiet, they don't make any noise, you have no idea if it's on, no idea if it's off, there's no lights there, you're stuck. You're stuck and it really is problematic. All modern appliances are problematic. Critics are problematic. Everything is, is problematic. I think we just go back to the Stone Age. I think it would make like life a lot easier. But well, what's relevant to us, yes. Yeah.
1: <coughs>
0: so that could be a problem. According to this, you're allowing the locker to continue into Shabbos. So if it runs into Shkir, perhaps you can get away with it, but running into Shabbos, <coughs> what, <coughs> you, <coughs> no, you should avoid putting on in the first place. The problem is not, is it muksa. The problem is, I'm not allowed to leave it on, on Shabbos in my house. I can't put a wash two hours before Shabbos, so technically you should switch it off before Shabbos. It's very
1: quiet. Unless
0: it's really quiet. If it's really, really quiet, then you've got those Muslims who say that quiet is, is, is okay. Um, my dishwasher is not quiet. Exactly how you define quiet and noisy is very difficult. What's quiet for some is noisy for others. I mean, to me classical music is very nice, for others it's just a noise. <coughs> to me and David is just a noise, and for others that's not, not on know on, if of open that. But a and, and noise is just relative, I can't... So what's considered noise, and what's considered is very difficult. I once asked my father it, how he would define noise, he said if you're standing at the, at the outside of the room, at the door and so what it depends how big my room is you know if I'm standing over there and my washing machine's over here that's <laughs> quite far in my kitchen from this so it's all very difficult to define exactly what's called a noise so anything which makes a noise Khazal uh, didn't give us definition of what's called a noisy appliance it doesn't sorry <coughs> the noise is the the noise is the You don't hear the, the, the water coming in. You don't hear anything. If it's silent, then technically there's no problem. Because nobody's going to know that you're doing a monopoly. It. If it's silent. But I don't believe washing machines are silent. I'm pretty sure they're not silent. They're, they're quiet in comparison to what your old washing machine was like. But I don't know if it's really
1: silent.
0: I'm not going to come around and check. <laughs> The radios, tape recorders, etc., all these are also on Shabbos. Even if I put them on before Shabbos, I've got a tremendous, wonderful idea. I can't live more than five minutes in it. The modern teenagers can't live for more than ten minutes without m- m- music blaring in their ears. So what I'll do is I'll put my machine on before Shabbos, and it can play. Today, the, the, the CD players and the, the MP3 players, and whatever you call them, the iPods, they can go on for hours. So, and and I'll, I'll listen to it when I come in, and it'll be on. That's awesome, because the average person switches on an iPod just before he uses it. It's making a noise. It's making a noise. Maybe you have earpieces in, but if you pull the earpiece out, it would make a noise. So it's, a, it's a piece of equipment that makes a noise. That's also to be, to be used on Shabbos. Even if it's on B'lekh Mutta, it's also. It's also. I remember when we were next shown in the Gulf War. So they wanted, uh, you know, you needed to know if there was a siren going on when it was all clear, and it was usually done via the radio. It was, uh, what's his name? I can't remember the gentleman's name. Um, so then the rabbin came out that you should leave the radio on quiet and cover it over. So you can't hear it, and then when the when the siren goes and you you take off the cover, you can you can hear what's going on. But otherwise, it's awesome. Otherwise, it's awesome. Another relevant halakh which which is within the same category of the halachas that we're discussing now. is Can I make a phone call to Eretz Yisrael two hours before I was Shabbos? It's already Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael. I want to leave a message uh, to take a Shabbos to my children. Amazing idea. They've got answer machines, so I pick up the telephone and I phone. And they'll hear on the other side this unbelievable noise. Good Shabbos, everybody. Have a nice Shabbos. Nice idea. Can I do that, can I not do it? For me? No. no. For me, it's not Shabbos. For them, it's already Shabbos. And the answer is, why not? Why not? You're going to tell me a malacha? I'm doing a malacha here, that's fine. I can do a here, that's no problem. For them, it makes a noise. But everybody knows that the noise of a telephone is not from the people who are there. They know it's coming from somewhere else and when they hear my voice down the phone they're going to know it's coming from outside the country. So what's the problem? So can I send a fax to somebody who's lived in a place where it's already Shabbos? Why not? Can I send an email? Why not? He can't listen to it. He can't look at it. But okay. I can do that. Can I talk to a non-Jew who's living in a place can I call some Arab who's living in Est-Israel? And the answer says why not? For him it's not Shabbos. For me it's not Shabbos. There's no problem. There's no problem doing malach in a place which is not Shabbos. Even if that malach is going to end up happening on its own in a place where there is Shabbos but to talk to a Mechalul Shabbos on Shabbos, that's forbidden or for instance and this is extremely relevant because we come to to the Halachas of Amir Ha'akum can I listen to an Israeli radio station here in England when it's already Shabbos now we're not getting involved in the ethics and morals of listening to Israeli radio stations anyway but that's that's, that's a different discussion here we're talking about Halacha not Ashkofer can I listen to an Israeli radio station and answer is if he is doing a lock on Shabbos I can't benefit from it. So then I can't. But can I make a phone call here and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. There's no problem. Coming up to the last halakh which is relevant, that will bring us into Amir Al And that is can I use time switches at all? Can I use a time switch? A time switch. So I'm gonna come into my house and the lights are burning brightly. And then twelve o'clock, eleven o'clock, ten o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, depending on what type of person you are, the lights are gonna go out Friday night. I wanna save electricity. I don't need my my the lights burning all Shabbos. So I switch them up. I'm walking by your house and I suddenly see oops, the lights go off on shutless on Friday night. What's going on here? Friday night.
1: It's, it's, it's a
0: malacca. I can see. So now here's a bit different because I'm not hearing anything. I'm not hearing anything. but I can see the malacca happening. And yet, switching on and off light is normally something which happens when? Straight away. So does that fit into the Abshamiltsa? Does it not fit into the Abshamiltsa? Does that fit into the category of the mill which is running on its own but it's normally a malacca which I constantly am involved in and therefore it's forbidden because it makes a noise and the, and the passerby will see me or my, my mill doing a malach on Shabbos and therefore it's forbidden. No, we say this is completely different. We say this is completely different. And this is a huge machlachus between basically the Chaznish and the Moshe Feinstein. The Chaznish is it, completely permitted and therefore the meaning across almost all societies is that they do allow Shabbos cops in their houses. But Moshe Feinstein was very strict. He was very, very strict about about, about uh, time switches. He did not like time switches at all. And his main thrust of argument was that if Chazal forbade us to ask a non-Jew to do a malacha, and we're going to discuss now in a moment, why? But Chazal forbade us to ask a non-Jew to do a malacha. And one of the reasons is so that there should be Shabbos, should remain Shabbos, and there shouldn't be any Chaz and Shabbos, and we shouldn't desecrate Shabbos even in a way which may be permitted, then a time switch should be exactly the same. A time switch is, in his, in his mind, a desecration of Shabbos. It's an Shabbos. You're taking a Shabbos and you're, you're, you're finding loopholes. Finding loopholes for Shabbos is also, and he just didn't like time switches. He didn't like time switches. As I say to you, the, the world moved on from that, and the world has decided that the is right, in inverted commas. I don't mean Chaznish right or wrong. But the Saccala Chaz has been accepted As the time switch is not a Malachah and the counter base hill that if a Malachah was started before Shabbos and it continues into Shabbos that's permitted, I can have my lights burning, that's not a problem. I can switch my lights off, it's not up there's no noise. The fact that the light goes off, maybe it blew, maybe the bulb blew. Now with today's LEDs, they're not supposed to blow, but they do blow. So maybe it's, it's just, maybe the electricity blue, blew, something went, the, 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 the switch could the, the, the uh, what do you call it again, the, the fuse, thank you, I need somebody, a foreigner to tell me what the fuse is called, <laughs> the, the, fu- the fuse uh, switch, I can't remember what they're called, so it may be a fuse switch, something went, something went, it could be, and therefore we allow time switches for Shabbos, we allow time switches Shabbos, that doesn't go under the category of ourselves, but yet, you see, the, the remitious worry when it comes to Shabbos, remitious worry of Shabbos was that we've got to make sure that Shabbos doesn't lose its significance, it doesn't lose its importance, it doesn't lose the, 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 the atmosphere of Shabbos as we knew, knew it all the way down from Kabbalah Shatayah until recent times. And today it's very, very hard. You know, somebody showed me an article on, 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 online, on the internet, somebody's created a, a Shabbos car. Now, Shabbos, when I talk about a Shabbos car, I mean a Shabbos car, that is muter l'chol There's nothing about it, it's not based on any colors, it's not based on an amazing piece of equipment. But what will that do for Shabbos? Can you imagine all of us driving around in Shabbos cars in Shabbos? It's an amazing piece. It, it, it runs all the time. So it switches on by itself. It runs all the time. The engine is constantly running. Engine car, it's silent because it's electric. So there's no noise. Absolutely silent like electric cars. It, it's on the whole time. So you don't do anything. You sit in the car. All you're doing is releasing a brake. So the car moves by itself. You press the brake. It never switches off. The, the indicators are, are like Shabbos lamps you know, so, so you press the lever up and the, the uh, uh, what's it called, the uh, cover moves and then and there you've got a, a flashing yellow light and then you can put the lever down and it goes back absolutely amazing, amazing, the, the brake lights are also just like Shabbos lamps, you press your brake and the lights the, 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 the covers move away, An amazing piece of equipment, absolutely amazing and, and, and what's wrong? Shabbos, what's wrong? you've done nothing, you're not doing any malacha, there's no electricity involved there's no Havara, there's no Mavir, there's, no, there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing.
1: What oh, about carrying? We're talking
0: about in a place where there's an Arab, of course.
1: <laughs>
0: of course. There are places in the world where the Arab. there are kosher Arabic. There are. It's unbelievable. You know what? I'm just to drive around your back garden. Forget, forget an Arab. Can I drive the car around my back garden? But where's my Shabbos? So, so y- y- you can understand now we're talking about it. But imagine if it becomes fashionable, and, and there's going to be thousands of these cars around the world. For some people, for some people, for some people it's very important. That, that's always the argument. Old people, people who find it hard to walk, they can't get to shul on Shabbos. It's an amazing, an amazing idea. I don't actually think it's actually going to become uh, amazing. But you, you get the idea that when time switches first came out, and, and they were it was brought to R' financial, and his worry of Shabbos you you can can realize why he was worried. (laughs) If that's the case, almost everything can be compromised. I just put on a time switch, and and it's true. We do use time switches to get around Shabbos in many, many, many different scenarios. Many different scenarios. We use it for for uh, women who've just given birth, who find it difficult to, to feed, and, and, and the pumps are, shy, uh, um, sorry, using a, a time switch. We use a time switch for our light. We use a time switch for our, for our uh, other appliances. There's so many things we use our time switches for. Uh, you, you can have a house which is all electronic, so you put everything on a time switch, and, 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 and everything just, it's just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. So you can get understanding why Emotion was worried about it. His, again the trust of his argument was that if Chazal forbade Amir then so too this would have been osseh, had, had Chazal been around at the time when time switches were made the counter argument is you may be right but Chazal are not around today unfortunately and therefore we don't have that ban on time switches like we had on Amir al so therefore time switches have now become an accepted norm in Qadr but yes watch the space where is it going to take us to you will see the, the video tips of the the what they call the mutter Shabbos switch, which is not mutter, but, but if somebody technically would come out, they are come out now with a new concept, the Shabbos lamp, the sh- Shabbos lamp. you put the bulb yeah, in, so and, and, and it's got the end, it won't be long before you've been having a little button there, which will press and move the, the thing around, using uh, modern technology, without any electricity, it's going to become, uh, Shabbos is not going to look the same as it did, historically. It doesn't look the same anyway, and it's not which is on Shabbos, yeah, you go to the parks to play football and tennis, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Let's move on now to Hilkus Amrila Akum, and this is really where we want to get to, and as I said to you, Amrila Akum is one of the most misunderstood areas of, of Hiltus Shabbos, very, very difficult to, to, to actually understand, because there's so much that we can do, asking a non-Jew, 100% permitted, and there's times when it's completely not Completely not permitted. So let's explain to you the background to Amrila Akum. Again, in the same Mishnah, and it's a continuation of the halachas that we just discussed, and you can understand that there's, there's a concept here which is similar, where Chazal were worried about Shabbos, like they didn't allow you to use a mill on Shabbos, even though it was done in a permitted way. They, they didn't allow you to ask a non-Jew to do a malachah for you, even though it was done in a permitted way. A, a non-Jew, you're not doing the malachah. It's like a machine doing the malachah on its own. You know, I can put, I can put a, 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 my, my clothes in the bath, and with all the dyes in, and it can die on its own. So why can I let the non-Jew do it? I'm, I'm not doing it. The non-Jew is doing it. It's some somebody else completely. yet Chazal were worried about Shabbos, and therefore they banned non-Jews. So let's get get have a look at the background to Amrielak. So but is it, the Mishnah tells us. Let's go to the extreme. Bishamai, which is the more strict view in the Mishnah, as we've learned as we've seen till now. Bishamai says you're not have to sell a non-Jew an item before Shabbos you're not allowed to give him something to carry before Shabbos etc unless it's enough time for him to arrive at his home so that he's not going to be doing a malachah so because of you so the extreme I can't give a non-Jew ima- Shabbos in my home we'll discuss can I give a non-Jew something in my house on Shabbos? we will discuss that but here we're talking about Friday Friday afternoon half an hour before Shabbos you're going to give a non-Jew I don't know what piece of the fish and he's going to take it home to his house. You can't give it to the Shammai because he's going to be carrying the Shabbos because of you. They still say it's permitted. Even the laundry, they still say it's permitted. They Shammai say, I can't give my skins to the tanner on a Friday. He's going to tan it whenever he wants. I can't give my clothes to the dry cleaner. time, I thought that wasn't a dry cleaner, but to the wash the washerwoman on Friday. I can't give them to the Uqavus on Friday unless she's going to finish it before shops. They so still say no. Now we have to discuss exactly what that means. When am I allowed to give it to the right or when am I not? That's very important. We will discuss that. Clearly we see from this Mishnah uh, that there are times when one may not allow a non-jew to do malacha, and there are times when you are allowed to ask a non-jew to do malacha. We need to get some clarification. When can we and when can't we? So let's go through the background first. Of why should it be awesome for a non-Jew to do a malach for you? What am I doing wrong? At the end of the day, I'm doing nothing. I'm sitting at home. I'm just commanding, maybe pointing my finger. Do this, do that, do the other. And the non-Jew does it. What am I doing wrong? Where have I gone wrong with that? So now there's four different views as to why asking a non-Jew is forbidden. The first is a smug, which he quotes a pasuk in the Torah. He says, <laughs> Le ato, le le, le he quotes the Apostle, this shouldn't be done for you. This implies that even if you're not actually doing it directly, if it's been done for you, that's also forbidden. Whether the, the smag quotes as machilten, it means a mechilton, is it biblically forbidden, or only rabbinically forbidden, is a huge mechletus. There are those who, who say, the Bishasov and others who would like to suggest that according to the smug asking a non-Jew, is forbidden biblically. I can't ask a non-Jew to do a malach of me, not just me, mm-hmm. the Rambam says that's not true. We don't find any way in Shas that it is biblically forbidden to ask a non-Jew. It's only rabbinically forbidden. And of course, this possible is what we call an asmachda It's just a base for the hakamas chazal. But the, according to one opinion, there's an isa de raisa, a malacha ha'tayer, to ask a non-Jew to do a malachah for you. The second view is the view of the Rambam. The Rambam says, it's forbidden to ask a non jew to do a for you on Shabbos, even if you ask him before Shabbos. And even if you don't even if you don't need the melocha, it's forbidden. Why? And he says, Asking a non jew to do melocha will mean the Shabbos becomes, becomes less than, less important in your eyes. You know, I, I can get around with everything, I can do whatever I need on Shabbos, I'll just ask an Jew. So I want, I want a fresh cup of coffee, so I'll ask on Jew. I want my clothes cleaned, I'll ask an Jew. I want my floor m- mopped. I'll ask Anon Jew. Oh, why not? I'll ask an Jew. So the Rambam Chavad said, no, do you know why? Because if we allowed you to do everything via Anon Jew, then Shabbos loses its importance. Eventually, it will get to the point, the Chas of will start doing it himself. So the non-Jew won't be there one day And the floor is dirty And I can't have a Shabbos with a dirty floor It's terrible And the children came The grandchildren spilled grape juice all over the floor And it's black I, ca- I just can't live a Shabbos with a black floor so, Till now I've asked the non-Jew, Now she's run off Because she's going bad with you And she disappeared yeah. and, and you're left with no cleaner So what happens? Shloi Shabbos kalubinach Chas You shouldn't come To end up doing that malach yourself so we have so far two understandings why Melokho, to ask the non-Jews do also either biblically learned from a pasuk or from the reasoning of the Rambam that it shouldn't be, Shabbos shouldn't be light in your eyes. Rashi gives us two separate reasons. There's two different rashis in two different parts of Shas. First, Rashi tells us we learn it from the posh Mimsoyich Hefsecho V'dabre The posh in Yeshua tells us I mustn't speak on Shabbos anything which is weekday talk. I can't talk business. Come Friday night and you have guests around the table you can't start talking about all the amazing business deals you did that week. Uh, you never talk about the ones you flocked, but you talk about the ones So <laughs> Friday night a lovely time to share all your successes and it's utter. Awesome. You can't read newspapers and shout non-Jewish newspapers. You can't do anything which is considered weekday. Asking a non-Jew, says Rashi, to do a malacha for you is You're using a, a mode of speech which is weekday speech it's not Shabbos speech you're talking about malachas you're asking a non-Jew you you, you, you're saying to that non-Jew please write a letter for me please that's, please send me an, e-ma- send an email for me you can't do that that's daveri second Rashi comes along with another reason and he said a very interesting halacha which is based on the Gemara where, where the Gemara tells us that it's possible to have what's known as shlichus by non-Jew now I can ask somebody to do certain things for me I can ask <coughs> a, a, a another man to be a a woman for me I don't have to do the position the other person is good I can ask uh, an, another man to do any mitzvah which doesn't have to be done directly with, with, by me I can, I can ask and appoint an agent I can appoint an agent so I can appoint an agent for many many areas I want to buy a piece of something in a shop, I can appoint an agent. That agent will go, buy from the shop, and it becomes mine as soon as the agent acquires it. So the agent will go to Shatlers, just for want of a Jewish shop, and they'll say to Mr. Shatlers, who doesn't exist, please Mr. Shattler's, I want to buy on behalf of Mr. So-and-so and her. Own, I want a Shabbat's and which fits all the criteria of Shabbos, And he says fine, he passes the money, he gives the earn to the agent, and the moment the agent picks up the urn, it belongs to it's Mine. Because he's doing it on my behalf. Now, we also have a rule that if I send a non-Jew to be my agent, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. A non-Jew cannot be an agent for a Jew. You want to discuss this taking Truman, for instance. I have a whole pile of fruit and I want tremors and masters to be taken. It's my responsibility to and masters. I can take tremors and masters. I can appoint an agent and say, you, Mr. you are you my agent? You please take tremors and masters on my behalf. And off he goes. He takes tremors and masters and I can come tomorrow. I don't know what's happened. I just know he's done his job. I come and eat my fruit and vegetables and I come to the An agent can do what I really need to do. An agent can do it on my behalf. A non-Jew cannot be my agent. And I can ask a non-Jew please to take tremors and masters. It doesn't help. A non-Jew cannot be my agent. However, the Gemara tells us in Metier, The Gemara tells us that a non-Jew can become an agent for a Jew lechumra. Lechumra means in order to be stringent, a non-Jew can become an agent for a Jew. Says Rashi, if I ask a non-Jew to do a melachah me of Yom Shabbos, I've turned him into my agent. He's doing that melachah on my behalf. Therefore, that melachah is considered me doing it. It's as if I did the melachah. So it's true that actual action was done by the non-Jew but since he's my agent and be it that he's a non-Jew and a non-Jew can't really be an agent for a Jew but in we say he can be so therefore I have to now accept that that Malachah that this non-Jew did is, becomes my Malachah as if I did the malacha. An amazing thing, an amazing thing so we have four views here, four different reasonings as to why a non-Jew can't do a for me either we it from a that no Malachah may be done for you We're going to discuss why and when and who. What did the Shabbos go do? What did the Shabbos go do when when you were a child? What did the Shabbos go do? Light the fire. Did he mop the floor? Light the fire. That's a different story. We're going to discuss that. As I said to you, there are certain things that non-Jews are allowed to do. There are certain things he's not allowed to do. Lighting the fire is one of the things he's allowed to do. He didn't cook in that fire. That's right, just to keep you warm. So we'll discuss that much. Shem. Why is he allowed to light the fire? Why was he allowed to light the fire? Today, it can happen today as well. You could have your boiler could go, your temperature's down, or even your boiler could be broken. And the British gas people coming 5 o'clock Friday afternoon, they come comes to 10 o'clock at night they're still busy working on your boiler. Maybe permitted. Maybe. Even though they're doing a malachal for you, in your house. We have to discuss that. But we have here four reasonings now why a malachal cannot be done, and they make huge differences. First is, the Torah says, no malacha may be done for you. Blanket. It's a completely forbidden, to have any malachah done for you? possible. Either it's only because of Zilzul or because Dabit or because of And there's huge differences between all of them. And in fact, we pass like all four halachas. By <coughs> like all four reasons we were passing halachas, it makes a big difference. And let me give you just a small example. Can I ask a non-Jew on Friday do a Molochah for me on Shabbos. Now if the problem is Dabar if the problem is I may not say and talk on Shabbos about malachas, I didn't say anything on Shabbos. What did I doing on Shabbos? Nothing. Shabbos, I sat down, I was eating my challenge. And along came the non-Jew, and he did the Molochah for me. There's no Dabar there. I haven't in any way to dabir, dabir. But have I made Shabbos look cheap? Have I made Shabbos so, have I transgressed a problem if he's my chef? he's my agent, he's done them a malacha for me on Shabbos, he's my agent. Let me ask you the other way around. If I ask a non jew on Shabbos to <coughs> do a malacha for me on Sunday. My cleaners come on Shabbos, and I'm going to be out Sunday, I'm not going to be around, so i say to my cleaner. Tomorrow I'm going away. I have to go for a simcha. I've got a wonderful, amazing simcha. I'm going to be up north in Gateshead. So you're going to come in. Here's the key. Please come in tomorrow at nine o'clock. And when you're here, mop the floor, clean the dishes, uh, and, and if you don't mind, clean the paintwork. And yeah. then, can I do that? Shall why not? Ah, See so if the problem's only. If the problem's not, no, I've not done anything. I've just spoken. What, what, I haven't done anything. I haven't prepared anything. No, I've just said anything. to the non-Jew. I've, I've just said to non-Jew. Do. I haven't prepared anything. <laughs> I haven't done any for There's no action here at all. I can say to you. Tomorrow I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to walk around the corner. There's not a chonah. I've done nothing to make a chonah. But. If it's Shlichos. If he's my agent. He's, like he, she's, he or she going to do the malach on Sunday. Let her be my agent. It's not a malach at all. Right. Have I made Shabbos. Cheap not really because he's not doing a with for me he's but doing it tomorrow but I've done a I have done because I'm, I'm talking on Shabbos about something which is forbidden so you see that the, 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 the different reasonings really make a big difference to Halachim and Mesa and we are machim we are strangers to all the four reasonings and whatever scenario will fit into any one of those reasonings we will forbid on Shabbos so we're running out of time let's just run through briefly the background to the practical and then in, in the coming shiur we'll, we'll go through it. It's quite complex, halachah, so I mean, and we'll have to take it slowly. Let's run through the background to the halachas. There are three different areas of Issa when it comes to amir The first is, of course, you're not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do melachah, and we need to discuss what does telling a non-Jew to, be, to do mean. I remember when we discussed this 11 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, there was a, a, a family that said to me, you know, they have their oven on every Friday night, and uh, how do they switch the oven off? So they, go, they call the cleaner in and they just point to the oven, mmm, mm. you know, there's mmm, mm. And eventually the, the cleaner gets the idea, and she, you know, it depends on depending which country she comes from, and she clicks that uh, uh, something to do with the oven, and she hunts around and she realises, mmm, mmm, oven, oh, okay, she switches off. Am I allowed to do that? Is that called Amir lakum? Is not called that? And this is what doing this, this is things that happen every single week. You should know these things happen every single week, regularly. Amir lakum is so complex that people just don't understand. They think it's going. No, going. I didn't say anything. I just pointed the finger. Mm-hmm. Is that called Amir lakum? Is it not? We need to get clarity. What's called actually asking, and what's not called asking?
1: You say we don't
0: need to so We have to get. Is that is that okay? Is that not okay? What can I say? Well, I've got to be very careful what I say because I say slightly different. I've turned it into, into, into a milacham. I say it like that, and it's not a milacham. Secondly, we have another halacha. Even if I didn't say anything to a an non-jew, I said nothing to a non-jew. I never asked them, not Friday, not Shabbos, nothing. And the non-jew comes in and does a milacham for me. I'm not allowed to benefit from that milacham. So I'm sitting in a dark room, pitch black, never asked anybody for anybody anything. It's nice and dark there, and thinking to myself, it would be nicer if the light would come on. I could read the magazines, and, and, and the, the guy walks by, he has no other health or sees me in the room, switches on the light and walks off. But if he sits down and reads the newspaper,
1: you're okay. I don't want him to read the newspaper. <laughs> 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 I can he reads really yes, the newspaper. Yes, that will be okay. But well, I'm not, I've said he did a
0: melaka for you, not for anybody else, right? So you're, here you are sitting in a room, all quiet, wishing the Brainstone, please switch the lights on. And along comes this guy and switches the lights on. Do you know what you have to do? You have to run out of the room. You're not allowed to benefit from that melaka. Second area of melaka of Amir Lakan. Firstly, you must not ask a non to do a lot of you. Secondly, you can't benefit from a non so when you went to a
1: house where there's automatic doors, and you wait for... Because
0: <coughs> they're come. going in for themselves. They're not doing it for you. Okay. But if you would say to them, excuse me, can you just open the door for me, please? You'd have a problem. A, you open the door. And B, um. what's called benefiting? That needs to be discussed. Is everything called benefiting if they switch the light off? Are you to get to another room? You're in the room and it's dark and you're trying to sleep and the the, the au pair walks by, whether you're allowed to have a pairs or not is a different discussion, but the au pairs walk by and she sees you're trying to sleep with the lights on, so she switching the lights off. Is that called, what's called the benefit that needs to be discussed? We need to discuss that, sorry. What are our
1: benefits that you're not going to have immediately, except for black person, Athena comes in to wash your dishes, but he has got so when you wash your dishes, she washes your floor. You don't
0: ask her to wash your floor, was So that can bring us to the third halacha. There's a third halacha.
1: There's a third halacha. but there's a third halacha.
0: Okay, let me explain to you this. There's a third halacha. Okay. So in fact, the first halacha is you know how to ask. Second halacha is you must not benefit. Third halacha doesn't mean if you're the for you have to actually go and, take and make, go and make it dirty again. We have to discuss what benefit is. But certainly we have a third halacha. That is, there are certain times when you didn't, never ask and you're not benefiting but there's a maris iron. And maris iron itself forbids certain things when it comes to milag. So if you see a non-Jew doing a milak for you, despite the fact that you're not benefiting, and you haven't asked, it may be necessary for you to tell, go up to the non-Jew and say to them, excuse me, please do not do that milak for me. It's,
1: awesome. it's awesome. And what
0: you go <laughs> There's nothing to do about it. There's many women who come to shul on a yomph of morning because they know that their, their, their cleaners are going to be in the house and they just don't want to see what's going on. Uh, I can, I can doesn't doesn't say anywhere. Don't come to shul to make sure your cleaner doesn't do a melacha. But if you're in your home and you see your your cleaner doing a melacha, it may be necessary we have to discuss what's called the, uh, the marisain. It may be necessary to tell them please don't do melacha. It may be so. For instance, if you have a uh, you're building your home, you're building your home, you're building your mansion, middle of gold green. You knocked your house down and you're turning it into this amazing ma- amazing mansion and. But you know, it's getting late and you've been waiting six months to get into your house already. So you ask the non-Jews to do Malachal. You don't ask them. They, they do it on their own. It could be They're doing nothing. They're just, you know, I don't know what they're doing. They're just hanging around the, the, the building side. It could be a problem of marasite. It could be a problem of So for instance, in a scenario where it's what we call kablonas, where it's contractual work. You've never asked them to do it. It's not considered they're doing work for you, they're doing it for themselves. It's contractual work. They want to finish as quick as they can so they can get on to the next job. And they're working on your house in the middle of green. You don't fit into any category. You haven't asked them to work in Shabbos. They're not working for you. You're not benefiting from their work because you're not going to benefit from what they're doing today directly. It's Kabbalah. But there's an issue of marriage Something which looks like you've instructed an Andrew to do a Malachal for you is awesome. Or if you have a specific piece of clothing, a very specific piece of clothing. Uh, a, 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 which is very Jewish a specific Jewish looking piece of clothing to take into a dry cleaner which may be permitted for you to take clothing into a dry cleaner before Shabbos which we will discuss but if he's going to hang your clothing up in the, in, the, in the window and he sees a frock hanging in the window there people turn around and say hey this gentleman has, has brought this frock in on Shabbos and he's doing Marasai so there are some scenarios where there's no problem of amira, there's no problem of nana, but there is a problem of Marasai right, so we have to discuss all those three. What's called dibble, what's called commanding, what's called asking, what's called benefiting, and all the different scenarios attached to that, and what the w- which cases are the cases of marriage sign. Let's we'll continue that in two weeks' time, Rez Hashem. Just to finish off a very short divat in this week's edra, this week's edra is Pashto Emoi, where, sorry?
1: four.
0: Three, that's no three. Did I say four? I apologize profusely. I was never good at counting.
1: <laughs>
0: the, this week's edra is Pashto Emoi, talks about the purity of a Kohen not allowed to come into contact with, with a, a person who's departed from this world, with Thomas Mace, etc. And there's a very interesting medrash where the medrash, for some unknown reason, discusses the importance of, of not talking Lash and Hora, Not talking Lash and Horah. Middle of this, etc. Now, if it wasn't Pashish, Lachachot, and the medrash spoke about Losh and Hora, fine, we could understand. But what's it going to do with Pashish anyway? And not only that, the medrash tells us speaking Losh and Hora brings to the punishment of the death. He said that? So, very nice, we're talking about people who have departed in this world and punishes So but you don't go, doesn't go through all the list of, of, of various to bring to a punishment of death. Why is the Medrashay discussing Hashem? I want to share with you just a very small thought, which uh, the, uh, Gidali Shaw says, and it's a very, very nice insight, he says, the reason why when somebody departs in this world there's a, a, a level of uncleanliness there, is because death means that the Neshama moves away from the cook. Where there's a period, there's a separation. Whenever there's a separation, there's something wrong. Separation is wrong. Togetherness, Kalashog bring together, and the Shomer and the Goth together, that brings Kadusha. Where there's a period, where there's separation, that doesn't bring Kadusha. The, the, the importance of a Koyan is that the Koyan's job is to, to serve... On behalf of Khalid he does the Avoy Gonbet Amigos. He's got to try and bring Khalid together. That's his job. Aaron Akron was Ayyah Shalom, Verede Shalom His purpose was to try and create unity in Khalid Therefore, death, the tumor, the uncleanness of somebody leaving this world, which represents separation, pure that Akron has to keep away from. Speech represents the, the, the spirituality of a person. We know that when Hakurish Brochu blew the when the Yipaq of Nishma the Targum tells us, that the ability to speak came from the neshama. So the speaking is the, the power of the neshama. Speech has some other element to it. Speech connects the person who is speaking to the person who is listening. Speech is the power of the neshama, but it's also the power to bring together. If I'm not talking to you, you're over there in the corner of the room, I'm over here with two separate people. We're sitting on a train together, I'm on one side of the carriage, you're on the other side of the carriage, we have no connection. The moment I begin to speak, We'll, we'll, we've made a connection There's the speaker and the listener we are connected we are brought together speech brings together so the power of the Neshama through the power of speech is to be able to create unity creating unity brings Kedushchev brings tremendous Kedushchev says the Medrash but if Chas shaman a shama person uses his power of speech to create diversity to try and separate people through speaking negatively through Rosh Hashanah what's he saying he's saying one negative thing about another person. See, what's he doing? He's creating diversity. He's separating people from each other. He's doing the exact opposite to unity. And what's he doing? He's creating death. Death, his punishment is death. So here in the of where the Torah tells us the importance of a person, of a kind, remaining clean and not coming in contact with somebody who unfortunately departed from this world, there the measure tells us, you should know the message here is, don't speak lush and horror. Don't speak lush and Because lush and horror is the exact opposite. It's the same thing it's the very thing I said. It's the exact opposite of what man's purpose in this world is. The purpose in this world is to create unity, bring everybody together, bring us all under the banner of serving a the oracle. That's and does the exact opposite. give us we should understand the power of speech, what it means, David the power of speech, again, Shabbos, to speak things which are negative. Shabbos means we're, we're, we're separating, we're, we're diversifying what Shabbos is. Shabbos is unity. Shabbos is coming together. Shabbos is bringing us into the, into the mechitzas, into the world of a Speaking things which are negative to Shabbos is, is pulling us away from that, that wonderful unity which we do with the She goes to the Shabbos, she should understand the importance of speech and the importance of Shabbos. She to the Shabbos HaGogu, the BS HaGogu, B'Koriv.